Blessed New Year to you, all of you who are listening and tuning in to this edition of the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. And, um, you know, I wish a new year, a happy new year to everyone who may not be listening to this podcast, but who may be listening in the future. They just probably won't know that I've wished them a happy new year. So, <clears throat> and a blessed new year, really. You can be happy, but maybe not blessed, but... <clears throat> um, to me, blessed is deeper than being happy. This edition of the Redheaded Preacher podcast is about two things, primarily the Magi visiting on Epiphany, which is which was yesterday, Saturday, January sixth, twenty twenty four. But I was more drawn to that than the baptism of Christ, which is our other gospel reading today. You'll hear both stories, the story of the Magi and Mark's version of the baptism of Jesus Christ by John the Baptist in the River Jordan and by the Holy Spirit. It's quite a dramatic reading, um, quite a dramatic story. Mark has stuff in it that's not in the other gospel versions. But I, I was moved to, after spending some time with both passages writing this, I was moved to spend more time with the Magi and their journey because I thought it was more easily applicable to us and the spiritual journeys that you and I are on and how we might be able to learn from the Magi. And this particular homily then, and I do try to keep it a little shorter because we do have communion, is a, a homily with a number of observations. There's not like one core theme other than traveling with the Magi, that is through this homily. It's more of a, this is something we can learn. Here's a question for us. Here's something for us to think about. And so, but it, it, you know, there is, I guess, one major theme, and that is traveling with the Magi slash learning from them, learning from the journey, learning from our destination continuing to their second journey, which was when the dream came to them and said, don't go back to Herod. So I will touch on that at the end as well. And uh, with my hope that we will also join them in that journey by not honoring the, <clears throat> the wrong demands of empire that seek to wipe out the Christ or the good news or the proclamation of the gospel in its fullness. So thank you for tuning in. I'm, my name is Richard Lanford. I am the redheaded preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. I'm grateful for you tuning in, starting the new sun, year of Sundays, calendar year of Sundays with us. And my hope is that you'll be blessed by spending time with us on this podcast uh, whenever and wherever you do have a chance to tune in. And so the next voice you hear ought to be either Marsha Hilliard or her husband Andre Glockner because Marsha's supposed to be the lector. Andre might have to be her backup in case she isn't feeling well today. And then comes the homily. Our first scripture today opens with the command for God's people to arise and shine, for their light has come. Our prayer for illumination every Sunday 
before the scriptures is an expression of our desire that God shine God's light on our minds and our vital beings, that our faith and lives may arise in loving response. In anticipation of our rising and shining, then please join me in the spirit of prayer as we ask God to shine that light on this time of reading aloud and listening. May the light illuminate our understanding and lift us up, raise us up, because we believe anew that our light from God has indeed come. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, who moved the writers of these sacred words so long ago, move within us, we pray, as we hear your words again, give us understanding. May they nourish and guide our lives as your people of light and welcome. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Our first reading is Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 6, taken from the lectionary readings for yesterday. Epiphany, we hear marvelous promises to Israel that include imagery, which takes us to the story of the Magi centuries later. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wreath of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. This ends the reading from the prophet Isaiah. We go now to two gospel readings, one for the celebration of the Epiphany, and after our choral anthem, a second one for the baptism of Christ in today's lectionary calendar. This passage is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star as it was rising, and have come to pay him homage. 
When King Herod heard this, he was frightened. And all Jerusalem with him, and all calling together, all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is shepherd to my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time that the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This ends our first gospel. Will those who are able please stand up for the reading of the second gospel lesson. Today it is Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with, clothed with camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. So let's go. Sometimes a new calendar year is presented to us as the opportunity to embark on a fresh adventure. 
It could be the adventure of discipline. I will now commit to reading one book a month, for example. It could be the adventure of spiritual growth. I will now commit to having a morning time of prayer every day. This on top of the ones we hear about pretty much every year, to start a new diet or weight loss program, to begin working out, to volunteer like at a Just Harvest or a food pantry or a hospital. Epiphany and the baptism of Christ both speak to us about adventures. One of the Magi that took them to the child Jesus, and one of Jesus to and after his dramatic Holy Spirit and water baptism. Now, I ask us to take the advantage, excuse me, to take the adventure uh, with the Magi of seeking Jesus Christ and also after they found him. I mentioned an example of the adventure of spiritual growth. Daily prayer is an instance of that. Well, that takes us on a journey. Our whole lives, as spiritual people, we are on a spiritual journey. So let's join the Magi as spiritual people on their physical and spiritual sojourn and enrich our traveling in the process. Now the Magi were very well-educated people. They're often believed to have been astronomers. That makes sense since their journey was triggered by having, quote, observed his star at its rising. So they were studying the skies. It was also thought back then that special heavenly demonstrations, like a star that stands out or an eclipse, told of a great development on earth, the birth or death of a ruler, for example. They believed that this star was telling of the birth of the long-prophesied King of the Jews, or Messiah. Their curiosity was piqued. They had the chance to take part in something, someone, historic. Thus moved by their curiosity, their knowledge, their observation and opportunity, they hit the road to Jerusalem. They followed the leading of the star. Their spiritual journey had already begun. It would be interesting to find out where each of us would say our personal spiritual traveling started. Where did it? Where? When? How? Why? Sunday school? Is that where our journey of faith commenced? Or at home, during confirmation, worship, talking with a coworker over a workout, or with friends during late nights at college. Some point to their baptism as their spiritual starting point, and liturgically, sacramentally, they'd be correct. Maybe a God moment happened out of the blue. And that was the event which triggered your spiritual seeking in earnest. If you and I are on the road with the Magi, we've, okay, we've talked about a starting point, we probably should admit, given our context, that we are seeking someone. Our spiritual journey has a goal of some kind. It's not rooted 
in wanting to increase our self-awareness or to build up our self-esteem, it's grounded in seeking something or someone beyond ourselves. In this case, Jesus. It might not start out so specifically for us, as well as, you know, as all the Magi could surmise when they began was that they were looking for the newborn king of the Jews. They didn't know his name. They didn't know his future. We might not surmise the whole gospel right away either. But like the Magi, we are looking for something, someone that is not us. In this journey is spiritual growth. And through spiritual growth and adventure, there is holy change. Now, can you and I be on a journey with the Magi, following the star, seeking God's grace, and in finding grace in Jesus Christ, finding that we, too, are lifted up into a greater awareness of ourselves and of Christ? Sure. We do not have to start our spiritual travels with an eye to our ego at all. We'd best not, or it's not so spiritual, but we absolutely can find personal spiritual growth and understanding because of the journey and because of whom we find. Now we cannot speak too much for the Magi here, although they were awakened enough to honor the dream not to go back to Herod. No, I'm thinking here of the Apostle Paul who was not seeking Jesus in his early spiritual journey, but was converted onto that path, the Damascus Road experience. Because of that encounter and his expanding faith and knowledge, he later could write how finding Christ changed who he was. So his self-awareness changed, his understanding of Christ changed. He wrote to the Philippians, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Well, maybe Dietrich Bonhoeffer put it better, that only when we drink the cup of suffering to the very dregs do we truly become so very close to Jesus, the one from Golgotha, and in the hope of resurrection. So we can come to an awareness like that, but that was not where we started. Leaving home leaving home to go on a cross-country journey to a different land with a different religion is not easy traveling on the roads in the desert especially back then not necessarily easy spiritual journeys are not necessarily easy traveling that did not stop the magi oh this might be a little might be hit, hit some you know, desert storms, oh, maybe we better not take the trip. That did not stop the Magi. It should not stop you or me if spiritual journeys are not so easy. Inconvenience did not stop them. They ought not stop you or me. That includes having their return route changed at the last minute by that dream. That was not convenient. Oh, we're going to have to go by another road. Probably going to take us how much longer? 
That's a bummer, but we're going to do it. They did so nevertheless and let themselves be inconvenienced for the sake of the Christ child. Sometimes a change of plans, it messes up our hopes. But going along with it may make a big difference in how well we see what God wants to reveal to us. Another part of their journey earlier on, having to stop in a big, busy city, find some strangers to ask for help was not fun. But they had to do it to know exactly where to go, Bethlehem. You and I may need to stop and ask for help during our spiritual journeys. And that might not come naturally or be something we easily do. But spiritual journeys for Christ, for God's grace, often benefit from the advice of mentors, of persons who have made similar passages, of wise and loving veterans of the faith. Sometimes reading some of the ancient meditation and spiritual masters from centuries ago. Asking for directions, asking for help, was critical for the Magi in their trip. And so it might be for our trips also. Humility helps us then in our search. It keeps us open to the unknown sacred. Humility, as I was told once, humility allows us to receive what God has to give us. On the road with the Magi, on spiritual journeys, following the star, seeking God's grace, and we find it in perfect focus in Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ. Now, such journeys of faith benefit from, to kind of do a little recap, they benefit from humility, a willingness to ask for help, for guidance, a willingness to be inconvenienced, a belief that although the trip does not revolve around us, but around whom we seek, well, whom we seek and the journey itself can surely change us and change our spiritual understanding. We do revolve around Christ. In him we find our new pilot. In him we exchange the old SOS, self-operating system, for the COS, Christ-operating system. And once that happens, and I'm not saying it's instantaneous or happens all at once, oh no, spiritual growth has arisen anew. And another spiritual journey awaits, this time perhaps still with the Magi, but definitely along with Jesus. He takes the place of Bethlehem's star, for it is Jesus we follow now, just like the disciples did 2,000 years ago. Going back to the Magi, the Magi's trip was highlighted not by stopping and asking for directions, but really by the presentation of their gifts. They made it, and this is why they made the trip. The presentation of their gifts It was highlighted by their paying him homage. Now, I used to think homage was a soft form of worship. So I looked it up. It's not exactly that. Homage is a noun that means deep respect and often praise shown for a person or a god. It can also mean an expression of great respect and honor. Their journey found its destination 
That which they had brought to give, the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh, they gave. The gifts were valuable. It's been said that they were merely symbolic. But I want to touch on both of those. If we sang all the verses of We Three Kings, and remember, there, we have no idea how many there were. It never says they were three. just lists three gifts. And they weren't kings, they were magi. But anyway, if we sang all the verses, we'd remember what they're for. That the gold was a gift fit for a king, as in Christ the king. Frankincense is a kind of incense, which priests used in their work mediating between the Jewish worshipers and the Lord, as in carrying out the sacrifices brought by the worshiper, offerings to God that the priest would take care of. Jesus is priest, the last mediator between God and humankind by the offering of himself on Golgotha, frankincense. And myrrh was used as perfume to line the burial shrouds, pointing to Jesus' future death and burial. This is, this is the symbolism of these gifts. But these gifts were also practical. Very soon, the Holy Family were going to become refugees in Egypt. Migrants themselves crossing over into another country. Refugees from Herod. It's been pointed out that, you know, they had needs. They didn't come with a, a nice fat checkbook balance or anything like that. They had needs. And the gold, quite honestly, was going to help. The gold was going to help them during this period. And selling the frankincense and the myrrh might have helped them survive also. It doesn't sound so spiritual, but, you know, maybe that's what those gifts were used for because they needed them for that. And if they didn't have them and had to flee, what would they have? The Magi on the road brought gifts. In a common epiphany question, you might ask or I could ask in our spiritual journeys to God's grace and to Jesus what are our fine gifts what do we offer as an expression of our worship and love and deep respect thinking about that answer just thinking about that answer that's part of our spiritual journey too and then making that offering was part of our spiritual journey and lastly Let's return to the Magi on the road again when leaving Bethlehem. Having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another way. They came to see that Herod, who had said, when you find out, bring me word that I too may come and pay him homage. Oh, yeah. They came to see that Herod used the pretense of pious interest to lure the Magi back to court so Herod could know where to send his hitmen to kill Jesus. Well, the Magi, because of the dream, they did not comply. Warned in a dream, they were loyal to this child. They said no to Herod, to the killer, the manipulator, the one whose temper was so volatile that all Jerusalem trembled when news of the birth of the king of the Jews came. They knew what that meant and how Herod was going to react, and they were scared. Out of loyalty to this new Christ child, the Magi took a stand against the Herods of this world, against what Walter Brueggemann calls 
empire. Now, I grow weary and angry of hearing media refer to white Christian nationalism. Please, don't associate our Jesus with racial and national bigotry. There's nothing Christian about their agenda. I sense zero New Testament there. And let's go on the road again with the Magi as like them. Our often inconvenient spiritual journeys teach us to defy those lusting for and even killing out of fear in hopes of holding on to power for himself and for his descendants. We are known by the silences we keep, and it's up to churches like ours to say, no, that, that national, Christ, white Christian nationalism stuff, that is not us. That is not our faith. That is not our Christ. We're disciples of grace and welcome, following the crucified and risen one with our whole lives. And that's good news. With thanks to Marsha and to our producer and editor, Laura Olson, thanks for listening for this edition of the podcast. I hope that you found something in the message that you can apply, and maybe more than just one thing, hopefully, uh, that you can apply to your own spiritual journeys, um, wherever you are and wherever you are in your sojourn. I didn't begin our time together within the intro with a, with a prayer. That was um, my oversight. And as I say goodbye until our next podcast, I'd like to write that uh, oversight and send you off with a benediction kind of prayer. Holy One, we give you thanks for the gift of your word. We give you thanks for those who have been inconvenienced to be faithful, but who followed the guidings of your spirit to do so. We give you thanks for those who have journeyed with us in our spiritual pilgrimages, whether they helped us get started whether they were examples along the way, whether they're with us now and helping give us direction and delight. We give you thanks for mentors, for people who have motivated us, for people who point us to the goal. And yet we know that once we reach the goal, there's another adventure waiting for us under your providential care. So we give you thanks, O God, for the opportunity to be on spiritual journeys, to draw closer to you. This blessing we give you thanks for. In the name of the one whom wise ones still seek, Jesus the Christ, amen. Go in peace, my friends. Keep the faith love one another, and serve the Lord. Until next week, on January 14th, when St. Peter's United Church of Christ and the Red-Headed Preacher will return again to the podcast Cyberspace Sphere 
and bring another message to, uh, to those who tune in about God's amazing grace and the world in which we live that needs that grace so badly. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.